the culture of your home is the incubator of character. You are the only mother that your child has. You're the only father that your child has. You're the only person who can be you in their life. And you have a lot to offer. Isn't the goal of parenting not that we have these 42-year-olds who are still coming home on time and cleaning their rooms, but that they actually leave and we have hardwired them for the virtues that we want to see in them? The thing we all have in common is that we are interested in our kids' future. I know the Parent Network exists to help moms and dads in whatever way you can, when you can, and how you can help moms and dads help their children have the future that God's promised them. Well, hello and welcome to the Parent Network Podcast, episode 59. I'm Sass. And I'm Karen. And we are one shy of 60. That feels like a lot. I know. It's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. So, hey, Karen. So I'm going to hit you with a, a tough question, something like maybe a new segment that I'm going to do. I thought of this today. All right. Cool. Um, we may not do it every time, but we'll do it today. Um, so what's your biggest challenge in parenting right now? <sighs> Oh, the biggest challenge right now is with our older one, um, just trying, he's 16, and so he's getting to the age where he, he needs more freedom, and um, and just figuring out the line of helping him navigate that, where to step in and where to step back, and just being somebody who loves to be in control, it's probably a little bit harder for me than the average person of letting go. But just like how to let go and not totally abdicate. That's where I'm trying to figure out my balance. It is so funny. That makes me uh, remember something that I saw years ago from a good friend of ours. Um, it was uh, like this this picture of, uh, just picture like an X. And it was this um, control versus influence. Mm. And how, um, you know, when our kids are younger, we have to exert a lot of control and th- there comes a point where you kind of reach the middle of the X and control starts to go down and influence has to go up. Yep. And so you're right. We're right in the middle of that dance of how do you have the appropriate amount of control while maintaining the right level of influence, but not having too much control. I agree. It's hard. It is hard. Yeah. So in answering my question, I would say the same thing. <laughs> Well, considering we parent the same kids, I guess that would kind of make sense. Good thing. <laughs> anyway, hey, well, in this episode, uh, you are gonna you're in for a treat. We we have some friends, uh, Pam and Dominique Dixon. Uh, you'll hear kind of a little bit more about their story, but Pam and Dominique have a really unique uh, situation, and they have, uh, I think. Um, parented so well through that. And so you're going to hear the interview that I did with Pam and Dominique, and then Karn and I are going to come back and we'll wrap it up. Well, I'm here with uh, my friends Dom and Pam Dixon. Thank you guys for being here today. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for having us. Yeah, yeah. So tell everybody a little bit about who you are, what you do. Pam, we work together kind of, sort of. Um, so tell everybody <laughs> kind of what, what you do and uh, a little bit about your family as we jump in. Yeah, so as he said, I'm Pamela Dixon, and I'm here with my husband, Dominique Dixon. Um, he is actually the reason I started attending Port City. When Boom, we got go, Dom. <laughs> yes, <laughs> score. When Bonus we point. got married, it was like, okay, I love my church. You love your church. Um, so what are we going to do? And I was like, all right, like, you know, let's see. And we live in Leland, and so 
we have this list of stories and Don Brown always picks on me because he's like, that's my story, but it's, it's mine too. Like we have this list of churches we were going to check out. Um, in addition to checking out one another's church and the first one we checked was Port City Leland and that's where we stayed. Um, so we were, didn't get right? to, yeah, we didn't get to that list. Um, and so up until January, I was an athletic trainer at Laney High School. Um, and then I resigned from there to come on staff at Port City Leland with Treasure Island. Um, and that's where Dominique and I met. I was the athletic trainer at Laney um, his first year of coaching football. Um, and I just had all these linebackers getting hurt. And I was like, what is this coach doing? <laughs> and um, so I was like, okay, let me get to know this guy. And so <laughs> you were just trying to lessen the workload yeah, is all you were trying I to do, like, right? I can't. Um, and so we ended up spending time together because his players kept getting hurt. And um, that's how we started. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So, Don, what do you do now? I'm a software developer at Encino. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. That sounds like a, a hard job. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. know how to push some buttons on a computer. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> it's brain surgery. We call it brain surgery. I do brain surgery every day. Oh, my gosh. But I love it. Just putting puzzle pieces together. I That's would cool. not want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, so tell us a little bit about kind of your family. And um, I, I guess it was maybe almost a year ago, Pam, we first kind of connected on maybe having you guys on the podcast. Andy, who works out in our Leland campus, was like, hey, you need to talk to these two folks. Yes. So talk just a little bit about, you know, why you guys are here and uh, what we can talk about today. Because yeah, I think I, it's going to be helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, I ended up doing a lot of crazy things because of Andy. Um, I went to Budapest when I was five months pregnant because of Andy. I came on staff because of Andy, and so now I'm here on <laughs> here this podcast are. because of Andy. She has a way of getting me to do all these wild things. Um, so uh, we are a blended family, and that is a bunch of different ways yeah, that unpack, we are blended. Unpack that for people yes. who, who don't know you. <laughs> um, so we are an interracial family, and we also have a blended family in the sense that when Dominique and I got married, I inherited two little girls. I got them for free is what I tell people. I got the kids without the pregnancy. Um, and so Andy's always like, you guys, you go, you co-parent so well, you did do this so well. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you get to see like all the good stuff, but it is hard work and it is like very intentional work. Um, and so that, you know, are two different ways that we're blended. Um, so yeah. So tell us like how old are the girls again? I know you told me a minute ago, but tell everybody yeah. how old the girls are. Girls 13, eight and son is almost two. Okay. It'll be two Friday. All right. Big, big yeah. party for the two-year-old, I hope, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that just means food for everybody else. They don't yes. know what's going on. I yeah. remember those days yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so, Dom, what do you love about your girls? Let's talk. Let's start there. You got a 13-year-old girl, 8-year-old girl. What do you love about your girls? They're my baby. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. No, I'll do anything in the world for those little girls. They are my little prodigies. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. And, and I love the way that you say, Pam, you got two daughters for free. Yes. Talk more yeah. about sort of how, like what's that where's that mentality come from for you to say it that way? Because yeah. not everybody would say it that way, right? Yes. Yeah. So I met them at the same time I met Dominique and it wasn't like I was meeting them because I was dating their dad. Like I met them because they were our coach's kids. And so we would hang out and we'd have fun. I'm like, oh, my gosh, these kids are so respectful. Like the two year old can speak in full sentences. Like they're just amazing kids. Like, oh, my goodness. So he's doing all that. But. <laughs> There's a, a third party that helped encourage that, and that was their mom. And um, and so I also grew up in a blended family. Like, I have an older brother who has a different dad than I do and a different um, – and a little sister who has a different mom than I have. 
And my brother and I were always like able to have a close relationship because we were both with my mom, but I wasn't able to have a relationship with my sister um, because quite frankly, the adults couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure out how to maintain relationships. And so when Dominique and I like got to the point where we were starting to date, I was like, hey, just so you know, like if this goes anywhere, like it is so important to me to have a relationship with your girls and your girl's mom. Like it is so important for me to have a relationship with Samara because like I am like I went through not being able to have a good relationship with my sibling because of um, the adults. And so mm. that's kind of like where that comes from that I saw that as a blessing and a blessing that I do get to have like an important part of their lives. Like I do get to be there and it's it, I don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you experienced the pain of, of adults not being able to figure that out. And you were yeah. like, these girls are not going to experience that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Dom, what, what is that kind of like when she first approached you with that mm-hmm. and that idea or, or like, <laughs> what has that journey been like for you? It's been very weird for me because <clears throat> having my wife or my girlfriend at the time wanting to have a relationship with my kid's mom, which I try to get, you know, that relationship away from just dealing with the kids. It was kind of weird, and I don't know. I, don't know. I, I thought about, like, would it be better if they hated each other or would it be better if they liked each other? And I said, well, I guess yeah. I'll take the latter. Absolutely. But, but it's, it's been a strange relationship, but yeah, it's worked out. It worked out great. Yeah. Now, I know y'all can't, like, speak for the girls, but, mm-hmm. but what would the girls say about their experience in this relationship? So if I, I'm like going to try Pam's like not smiling and I, am, I can't like, wait to see I'm what this is going to be. I'm smiling so I don't cry. Um, Jaira, the, our oldest, she's 13. She does gymnastics. Um, and we went to a gymnastics meet this year. I think it was, I don't even remember. I think it was Charlotte. So it was last year. It was her first gymnastics meet ever. And it was in Charlotte. And um, we decided we were all going to ride together. We were all because we have a um, a passenger vehicle, and um, we decided we were all going to ride together. Oh, you mean in the two of y'all, the, the two girls, uh, yeah, your son so, and their mom. Yep. yep. Okay. And Dominique's mom, yeah, so my mother-in-law. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we had like packed car, um, and so Samara was having like some vertigo issues, and like she um, needed to ride in the front seat, and we were just trying to like figure out all the logistics. And at one point, like. We thought we were going to ride in separate vehicles so she could be in the front seat so she didn't have motion sickness while riding. Um, and so it was like a little stress situation, like trying to figure it all out and go on this trip and her first gymnastics meet. And so, but we got it all figured out. We like the seating arrangement and everything. And um, when we got back from that gymnastics meet, Jaira said to me, and I always say like she said it to me because she knows I needed to hear it, that she was so grateful that all of her family was able to ride in the same car. She didn't have to pick which car she had to ride in. Mm, and yeah. she never thought that would be able to happen. And I'm, I'm like, tearing up. I'm tearing up. Yeah, just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, hold it together for the girl. Like, cause she hates to see, Jaira hates to see people cry, but yeah. she knows I'm a crier. And so I'm like, don't cry or she's never going to share anything again. Um, and so it was just so touching. Like, and I just hold on to that statement. Like when we're having a bad co-parenting day and uh, because there are hard days and, it's hard for two people to get on the same page in a marriage. Nonetheless, like, you know, all three of us are trying to like respect one another and be on the same page. And so on those hard days, like I just take my mind back to there, like remember how this affects the girls and remember why we're doing this and what we're trying to show them by having this relationship with Mm -hmm. one another. Mm -hmm. So what would you say Dom about kind of the way the girls experience this relationship? I think it's also good for them to see how we can love each other even though we don't agree with everything. 
so they know how how to live without having to have the same point of view or same values yeah. and everything. Th- that's like a huge life lesson, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> For them to learn in general, because I mean, who of us gets to go through life and agree with and, and, and love everybody right. that we come in contact with? But man, for like, t- to me, it is such a beautiful picture of what it means to truly live in the body of Christ, right? Yeah. To be able to love people, even when you have difficulties and differences right. and separated relationships and all that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's what we all ought to be doing, right? Yeah, right. for sure. Yep. Right. Okay. So, so it, it, Dom, it's been a little bit kind of strange for you to sort of go through that journey. <laughs> what, yeah. what do y'all feel from other people around you who watch y'all go through this? Oh man. We get those looks. Yeah. Whether this is appropriate or not, it's kind of funny. Like when we go to restaurants, we always like joke like where we're going to sit. Like when Samara, Dominique, and I and the girls, I and mean, not right now, we haven't been to a restaurant since March, but yeah, like right. when we were in restaurants, yeah, sure. like we would sit there and like, I bet the, you know, the waitress and the waiter, like, who do I give the bill to? Like, how does this work? Like, cause like when we do birthdays and stuff at restaurants together, like, um, like um what what is the name of the restaurant the where they put on the show the hibachi oh yeah yeah one of those yeah yeah and so we like sit there and like samara and i get a kick out of it they're like i bet they're trying to figure out this dynamic like who is who <laughs> um so samara and i joke like we're sister moms like we're not sister mm. wives but we're sure. sister moms like <laughs> sure. so that's how we kind of introduce ourselves sometimes when people are like so who <laughs> yeah that's great. Well, I mean, it sounds like y'all have, even in the midst of the difficulty of co-parenting, like you've stepped into it in a really healthy way. Yeah. So so before we kind of take a turn to another direction, what would y'all uh, say to other parents who were in the same boat, who were kind of in this, you know, having to parent with multiple parents and mm-hmm. co-parenting? Like, what mm-hmm. would you say to other parents who are, are, they find themselves kind of in that battle? I think when you become a parent, your job is to teach your kids how to live and how to love. So if you teach your kids how to love, you should show them how to love. And by doing that, you should love your, you know, your past or whatever partner you have Mm -hmm. to come together and just reach out to them and show them, hey, kids, I can love this person even though I'm not with them, even though I don't want to be with them, but I can still love on this person regardless because of you. Because I want to show you love. I want you to love other people like I'm loving her. Mm. And, and how much m- more powerful is it? Not that we as parents just say it, but they see you doing it. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. talk yeah. about you know making an impact on your girls. Right. Um, on h- how not just to, to say we're going to do things in life, mm. but okay, even if it's hard, yeah, we're going to do it. Yeah. Mm, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Pam, what would you say? Like, what 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 would you want to say to other parents who are in this mm. boat? I think I'd want to say just remember like what the purpose of you being granted the privilege of being a parent is. So like, why are you a parent? Like what's the purpose in your parenting? Um, what are you, what are you trying to teach them? What are you trying to show them? Um, and then at the end of the day, like you're not parenting them to be kids forever. Like you're parenting them to be adults. And so as much as we like try to protect our kids, like one day they're going to be adults and, they may be in the same situation as us. And so like, you know, we want to lead them and guide them and teach them all the right things, but life happens. And, you know, how do we show Christ and what we do in our actions, no matter what life presents or Mm -hmm. results in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it it feels like what, what you're doing is you're kind of breaking the cycle 
that, oh, that you, sure. you were in, right? For sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Breaking okay. that cycle. Yeah, okay. I'm, so talk yeah. about, are you breaking a cycle too? <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was growing up, my dad wasn't in the picture as much. I would see him twice a year, Christmas, Thanksgiving. And I just told myself when I was growing up, I said, I never want to do my kids like that. Mm-hmm. I never want to not be in my kids' life. So that's why I was so involved in my kids' life when they came out. All right, but, can, can, can I ask you a follow-up question, dig a little oh, deeper? Yeah. What did not having your dad in your life do to you? And I know there's probably a lot there, Yeah. but what's like a, what, what, what first comes to mind when you think of, hey, like what happened to me, I don't want to have happened to my daughters. What was yeah. it that happened to you? I think I'll, I guess growing up around where I grew up, there weren't a lot of dads in the picture anyway. So that was almost the norm, and I didn't want that. I felt embarrassed that my dad wasn't there. When I go to my football games, people look in the stands, see their dad, and my dad wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I think my most embarrassing moment is when my senior year, year at Laney, I had a senior night, and I had to get my uncle to walk me out instead of my dad, mm-hmm. and I was embarrassed. I just bawled out crying because of that. Mm-hmm. But he came to the game. He, he came to the game and didn't stay to after the game to see me, and that hurt me real bad. Mm-hmm. But I think that that burned me up real bad, but I still reached out to him even now, and I I just extend that arm out and say, hey, Dad, even though you did this to me, even though you know you weren't in my life, and I guess you didn't want me around like that, but I still can show love to you because of my kids. And when I I still call my dad, text my dad to see what he doing, he never he never responds to me. I mean, he responds to me, but he never he doesn't open does it. initial. Yeah, it's right. never initial. Yeah. But I show my kids that, hey, even though he didn't do this to me or he didn't do this for me, I can still show him love through that. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. see why Andy wanted me to talk to y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's take a little bit of a turn and talk about the other layer yes. in, in, in your, your life and your marriage, yeah. the fact that you are a multiracial couple. So what would you say, like what, what, what has been kind of in raising kids – what have been mm-hmm. some of kind of the real struggles with that? Like, what do you want to say to people about that? Well, like I said earlier about the looks, we get a lot of looks. Well, I, I guess I'm used to the looks because my kids, my daughter's mom is also, I was in a racial relationship too. So I would get the looks. I would get the, you're not supposed to be with her. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I say that's, that's not the kind of love that I want to show my kids or anybody. So I don't mm-hmm. think love has a color. That's right. But that mainly just the looks. But then everybody knows Pam, and they say, oh, I see why you with her. Yeah. I say, well, yeah, some props. I got it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm from a much more uh, rural area than Wilmington. And so in Wilmington, it's like I almost feel like I don't get any looks, or maybe I'm just uh, used to the looks, and so I kind of can cast them out now. But – I people um, would be more bold because I've been in an interracial racial, interracial relationship before, um, and so like in uh, it's from Lucama, which is near Wilson, which is between Raleigh and Greenville. I always have to like Middle give a long nowhere. yeah, I have to give a long <laughs> explanation about like where I'm actually just from. just say south of nowhere. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and so that was very much um, growing up. It was very much like no, you're not in interracial relationships. You don't 
date outside your race. Um, you can be friends with them. Your um, non-white friends can come spend the night with you, but you can't go spend the night with them. Like, and so that was very hard growing up. Cause I was like, this does not make any sense. Like I can remember even like as a 10 year old, like, why? Like, I don't understand. And as a 10 year old, of course, like I'm not saying that to my parents, like I'm not asking them why at that point. Cause it was like, okay, like I'm trying to learn. Um, and so even like my dad had said to me before, like, if you date outside your race, you're not my daughter. And so it's like, it's never been about, you know, outside people looking to me. It's been very much more personal, like with family and, you know, my family's opinion of things. Um, but I have seen, like, I think the reason I don't like accept in or like acknowledge the looks anymore, um, is because like I have seen redemption. And so I do have so much hope that things can change there. There's a long way to go. Um, but like my dad, when he met Dominique and, you know, after we had started dating, like I knew that at that point, like knew he didn't approve. Um, but into the relationship more, like my dad said to me one day, he was like, Dominique is the best man I've ever met. And I was like, wow, what? Like, you know, he's black, right? Like <laughs> you can see, like you haven't gone colorblind <laughs> wow. or anything. And so he said that. And like, of course, like I, I, di I didn't say like, oh, you know, he's black, but I like dug deeper and like there had really been like, some redemption in his heart and you know he's still like he's still learning just like I'm still learning like that you know the biases we have within us um and so it was just I think because that has happened and it's not just my dad like I've seen um other people like come out on the other side of it and admit like they were wrong and that like things weren't right and my my thought processes were you know off I think from that like um you know I can just see you know what how it can be used and the hope that is there um but it is hard and and like he said like uh, you know we have a son now who'll be two very soon um and there's still a difference from the girls like the girls are multiracial um and you know including black girls and that has its set of things but bryson is, will you know potentially be viewed as a black male um probably more than potentially like he'll be viewed as a black male and that brings in a whole other realm of things um and so it's scary and even like when we were deciding on his name like we had a name that we liked but because he was going to be a black male like we had to think like is that okay like <laughs> can we name him that like are we gonna do are we gonna make his life harder by him having that name and so that's just the reality and it's not something that um like we like lose sleep over at night but like we are have to be very aware of it um and we are very aware that we're gonna have to have conversations with him that you know I wouldn't have to have with my niece who isn't you know multiracial um and so it's it can be heavy and it, it is heavy um but we also know w what we're sitting in the position in and you know being Christians and you know from that position taking on that task doesn't feel as heavy so you can imagine that first day meeting her dad. <laughs> and she did told you know me that. how her dad felt when you met him? Yes. yes. She told me, and I'm riding down that country road, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to get shot today. What are we doing here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what I did to change his mind. I don't, I don't know what I did, what's special, but I guess it's the way I treated Pam. Yeah. But I don't know. That was a very scary night for me. Yeah. 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 What are the things – 
now kind of when it comes to your girls and it comes to your son and kind of comes to your relationship? What are the things right now that keep you up at night or that you kind of think about, you worry about um, just in the whole dynamic of, of, of your family? I think the thing that keep me up at night is am I teaching them the right things? Like, am I teaching them how to show other people God? Mm. That's my biggest thing. Wow. Like me, last year, like just about all of last year, I can remember, I was going through chemo. And so my faith and my positive thinking all went downhill real quick. And I wasn't, in my mind, I wasn't leader of the household in. I was just some sick guy just laying in bed all day. But through that, you know, Pam had to step up and be that person for for the family. And I'm slowly trying to take on that role again. And I just want to make sure I'm right first before I can try to lead again. And I, I think that's the thing that just keep me up at night. Just am I am I ready to lead again? Can I can I show them love through anything? Mm. Well, the little bit that I know about you and just the little conversation we've had here today, it sounds like that's just who you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that. that's just sort of what God's put in you as a person that won over Pam's dad really quickly. Yeah. You probably don't have to work real hard to, to show your kids that. That's, yeah. that's what I want to say, which yeah. is Thank uh, you. super encouraging as a dad um, just to think through. I mean, I, I love that that's, that's the first thing that keeps you up at night is, am yeah. I leading my kids well? Right. It's yeah. not about, you know, job. It's not about finances. No. It's not about racial tension. It's not about, mm-hmm. it is, how am I doing as a dad? Yeah. Wow. That yeah. speaks volumes right there. Yeah. And he, yeah. like, there are definitely things that, like, he wants to do better as a leader. And, like, I fully support him doing that. But he says he laid in the bed all day when he was going through chemo. But that's not true. Like, he was laying mm-hmm. on the couch. Like, and, I'm but like, wait, y'all, still. y'all had chemo on top of all of this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been so how, how are you doing with, with cancer right now? I'm good now. You're cancer good. Cancer-free. I'm Man, good. That's awesome. Amen. Yeah, we're cancer-free. But, you know, he would intentionally, like, even though he was feeling bad, he would be downstairs on the couch. And so, you know, his presence was still there. And, like, then, like, Jalea, she's an eight-year-old, and she's a huge reader. She will read anything, anywhere, for any amount of time. Mm-hmm. Like, she is a huge reader. Like, yeah. she would read him stories. And so, like, there was, like, I know he beats himself up about it, but, like, there was still a big presence. And he was still playing drums at church. Like, and so he was leading in yeah. that way, showing, like, even though, like, your body hurts. And this, you know, isn't, everyone experiences chemo mm-hmm. differently. And they're, you know, different lades, um, like, levels mm-hmm. and grades of chemotherapy. But, you know, he was still doing what he could do is you know the point i'm trying to make and mm-hmm. you know the kids saw that and i saw that and and so that en- he encouraged us through that as well mm. that's great okay so on the podcast we just say we want to equip and encourage parents to help their family walk with god y'all have done that so far today <laughs> no doubt um anything else that you guys would want to say you know take a moment to to encourage equip teach parents anything else you'd want to say to, to, to pe- people who are listening yeah, I mean, I think just to, like, give examples of, like, how we blend our family, um, we do game nights with one another, and the first, again, I'll speak for Dominique a little bit, but, like, the first one is more the more uncomfortable than the third one, and, mm. you know, the mm-hmm. third one is more uncomfortable than the fifth one, but <clears throat> especially during the pandemic and, like, staying at home, um, we've done um, a lot of game nights, 
And so that would be geared, like, when Samara would come pick the girls up on Sundays, she would stay and we'd do game night. And so um, then we'd have dinner with one another and we do birthdays together. So no split birthday parties. Um, we try to do those all together. So like the girls can have all their family there at once. Um, they're not feeling, you know, like they have to rush to get somewhere else. Um, so for us, we, our schedule is um, crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, very, it's very crazy. Um, but as far as, you know, holidays and stuff like, Samara spends Christmas morning with us. Um, and the, again, the first year was uncomfortable. Um, but now it's great. And, you know, we do things at her house. She does things at our house. And just the more you do them um, and you work through them, and that can look different ways. It doesn't have to be at your house. It can be at the park together. If, you, you know, if you're not at the space where you want to be in one another's home, like you can be at the park with one another or something like that. But doing something together um, so that the kids aren't, you know, feeling like, another part of their family is missing out on a mm. fun experience. The part of what I hear you saying is just, it, it's hard, but you have to do the work mm, because sure. you yes. want that experience for the kids to be yeah. what it needs to be. Right. Yeah, for sure. yeah, that's great. Right. Dominique, right. anything else you'd want to say to, to parents that are listening? Just how do you want your kids to grow up when they grow up? What do you want them to see? Cause they're going to regurgitate everything you do. They're going to see what their parents do and they're going to do that. That's why we were talking about a cycle earlier of dads not being there, and I broke the cycle. Yeah, that's right. So I I didn't want my kids to see that. So I wanted something better for them. Yeah. You made a decision what you wanted your kids to see, and it wasn't what you saw. Right. It was something different. Yep. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you all for just opening up and, you know, telling people about who you are and your family, and especially for – um, just the way you're living out your faith in Jesus yeah. in hard, real ways. Yeah. <laughs> but it feels like that's what we all really ought to be doing, right? right. Especially as parents. Yeah. So, well, Jesus said it ain't going to be easy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey, Karin, as I was uh, kind of in the middle of that interview, one of the things that really just struck me is, is how Pam and Dominique, uh, they really do sort of display uh, the love of Christ mm-hmm. in the midst of their parenting. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, for, I think a lot of us uh, that that's hard to mm-hmm. do at times, right? Because there's sacrifice and there's all of the things that come along with that. But it feels like in, in their situation, it can be kind of exceptionally hard at times. So that's one of the things that struck me. What was something that maybe you heard that, that really kind of struck you? Well, first off, I'd just like to say I, I really, really appreciated their transparency and their willingness to be vulnerable. Um, you know, sometimes when you listen to these podcasts, it's like everybody's got everything all together, and that and that's not necessarily the case. But one thing um, that Dominique said that I loved was that our job as parents is to help our kids live and love, I think. Um, and the thing that really struck me was the way that we – teach them how to love is by example mm-hmm. and by loving others. Um, and what a great way just to put parenting in a nutshell. Yeah, that's great. So, well, I know we don't need to rehash a lot of what they said because it was such good stuff. So we hope uh, if you um, if you need to go listen to it again, go listen to it again because um, they really did have a lot of great uh, nuggets of wisdom for all of us as parents. So, um, if you want to hear more Parent Network podcasts, you can go to pc3parents.org. We got a resource page. It's got all of our podcasts there. I don't know if you've 
listen to all of them. Maybe you should uh, be a rewinder. Go back, rewind, and listen to all of them. But we really hope that we can uh, equip and encourage you as parents as you help your family walk with God. Follow us on Instagram, at PC3Parents. Same thing on Twitter, at PC3Parents. We have a Facebook page. We're always trying to get new resources um, and information out to you as parents and, and, and make sure that you are sharing kind of the things that you're uh, you're getting from us especially this podcast if you can share it with some people and I, I think if you like give it a rating it helps blah 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 all that stuff that I don't really care about but I think we're supposed to care about <laughs> basically we're saying if it's helpful for you and you think it would be helpful for others please share it yes that's what we're saying so thanks for listening to uh, episode 59 of the Parent Network Podcast when you uh, listen next time we'll be 60 kind of crazy <laughs> <laughs>